everyone. Crystal here just jumping in before the podcast starts to let you know that uh, and to apologize for the audio quality on my recording for episodes four and five not being great. I made a mistake with the recording software and didn't realize I had to uh, redefine the input method. Uh, I thought it defaulted to the prior used one. Anyway, so it was recording off of my crappy headphone mic as opposed to my nice mic. So the sound quality is not great. I did my best to clean it up and we've resolved the problem ongoing, but for episodes four and five, you are going to notice that I sound like I'm on a Skype call, which isn't ideal. But hang in there. It gets better in episode six. On with the podcast. Welcome to Why I Hate Your Podcast. These days, there are a lot of podcasts to choose from. This is another one. I'm Crystal, and each week, my brother Sean and I meet up to talk about two podcasts and why we hate them, or don't. Join us and we might help you find your new favorite podcast, or save you from wasting time on a podcast you might hate. All right, our first podcast today is The Cinephiles. That's spelled C-I-N-E-F-I-L-E-S. It's hosted by John Roca, who I know from his work with Collider Video. He's a producer for Collider Video, also an on-screen host for them for a long time. He also participates in the Ultimate Showdown that they do, that they host, um, and he's also a voiceover artist, part-time actor. He's got multiple podcasts. He's got his Outlaw Nation. He's got a bunch of different projects going on. And then Steve Morris, who is a director, who is also a directing instructor in Los Angeles for, um, I don't know which school, but for a film school there in Los Angeles. So The two of them have been friends for a long time, and they host this podcast together um, where they discuss classic films. They do have a uh, restriction on what films they'll review. So classic meaning what they consider excellent films that are at least 10 years old or or older. So not necessarily like old black and white, you know, 40s, 50s era, although they do go back that far. Their rule is that the movie has to be out, has to have been out for at least 10 years. They did recently break that rule. When Chadwick Boseman died, they did Black Panther. Um, but other than that, that's they've been pretty hard and fast on that rule. So I've been listening to Cinephiles for quite a while. Uh, like I said, I became aware of it because of um, I used to watch a lot of Collider videos and uh, John Roke is a host over there. So I had found out about it through there. So I, I do have a lot of background with this. I have not watched or listened to every episode, just those that I have seen the movies for. And so I'm going to let you go first and kind of tell me what your impressions were. Well, the main description for the podcast is that it's a reviewer and a director talking about movies. And so I I went into it with the perspective that there'd be kind of analysis from the perspective of a reviewer, which I would assume a reviewer has quite a repertoire of movie knowledge and a director. Uh, So you could see you could see the movie from a, through a director's eyes. So I, I almost kind of thought of it almost like a a, uh, a director's commentary that you would see on a special features DVD or mm-hmm. something. Yep. Uh, and so that's kind of what I was looking for. And and I only watched uh, two series. It was uh, Inception and Hunt for Red October. And what it ended up being, at least for me and on these two, is they kind of walk you through the movie and they kind of interject, interject some trivia here or there. But it's mostly just a walkthrough of the movie. And I I don't feel there was a ton of perspective from like the movie making process. Uh, for Inception, there was definitely more of that because I feel like uh, the director of the two, I, uh, what, was, what was his name again? Christopher Nolan? No, no, no. The director. Oh, uh, Steve Morris. Pod- yeah, Steve yeah, Morris. Yeah, Steve Morris. Thank you. 
he he apparently really likes Christopher Nolan. Yeah, <laughs> um, and. But overall, though, there was very actual little analysis from a director's point of view of the movie. Like, why is this shot important? Why is this? Uh, why did Nolan make the choices he made? Uh, so I, I kind of missed that aspect of it. And it was more or less, it almost felt like just two guys just chatting about a movie. Uh, two guys who are familiar with the industry, at least, chatting with the movie about the movie. And, you know, they would just kind of interject some trivia here or there, which I guess maybe the description kind of threw me off because... I mean, what they talk about, uh, the trivia sometimes is enlightening. And uh, the things that, you know, them talking about the movie, they have very good chemistry with each other. Um, but I was kind of expecting more of analysis than a, like, summary of the movie. Yeah, I think I think it really depends on the episode. I think there's two things that play into how much they go into that. Um, I think it's how much material and back, back behind-the-scenes information is available because Steve Morris tends to be the one who does all the homework. So he he's the one who writes out like the the kind of step-by-step walkthrough of the film. And then he's also the one who generally has a lot of the background information in terms of what went into the production, you know, where they had production issues, technical details that, you know, to your point, a director would notice or would know about. But I think it really does depend on the film. I'm surprised because it's been a while since I've listened to the Inception episodes. I would have expected there to be quite a bit of that or at least some some amount of that that, you know, to make it worthwhile. But for something like Hunt for Red October, there's probably limited information just because it's an older film. You're not going to have as many commentaries available to listen to. There's not, you know, been documentaries about the making of that film. So it's probably just less information out there to talk well, to, to speak to. Well, I will say for the Hunt for October, there was a lot more trivia uh, surrounding that one. Uh, which I thought was interesting, whereas Inception, there was a little bit more of the kind of directorial, I guess, analysis. Uh, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess it probably does depend on the movie, but that was what I noticed in those two. Yeah, and I'd say, because I went back and re-listened to, um, you know, we were talking about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, so I went back to listen to those specific episodes, and he did interject a lot of, what, what I find interesting, and this is one of the reasons I like this podcast, is, and I don't think there is, it's not the focus. So to your point, it is not the focus of Steve Morris's perspective on the film, you know, to discuss, you know, from a direction perspective or director's perspective, here's what I observe about this film or how this would have been done or how I would have done it differently. He does do that sometimes for sure, but it's, it's part of the overall analysis of the film. And so like one of the things, you know, listening to the episodes on last crusade, he was talking about the one shot on the boat where he's questioning the um, the guy from the Brotherhood Brotherhood of the Cruciform Sword, he's questioning him as they're heading into like the propeller of a big giant ship, and he's like, oh, they used a really they used a 250 lens here because it's a really long lens and it gives you you know it makes it look like they're really close to that propeller when they're actually not. So he will he will interject some technical information that you may not already know unless you maybe watched a commentary with a, the director or with the cinematographer or something like that. So I feel like he does a lot of research and he does bring a lot of that to the podcast. But to your point, it's not, that's not the focus of the podcast. Like it's just, as he has that information, he'll slip it in there where it's relevant. So yeah, I think if you were going in thinking, oh, this is going to be, you know, a a director really talking about the film from a director's perspective, there's some of that, but it's not a hundred percent. He's also first and foremost, a film goer. And, you know, he likes talking about movies he likes. So I think there is some of that element. And I will say that the whole walking through the film thing, they didn't start out that way. So like in their early episodes, they would just talk about the film. They wouldn't kind of go through it step by step and dissect it. I actually like that they do that now 
just because it helps me remember, especially when they're talking about a specific scene or a lot of times they're talking about one of the things they like to break down is how does this scene relate to a scene in the future? You know, so they want to mention this scene because it's going to come back and there's a really cool payoff. This is a setup that you're going to get a really cool payoff from. I think that's why they started kind of going that sort of, you know, linear, linear through the film, talking through what's happening because it all kind of wraps up in, in a good film, right? There are payoffs and there are moments that are set up and there's things that you establish with the characters and they don't want to miss any of that when they're discussing it. So it does lead to some of their episodes being one movie being multiple episodes of the podcast. Yeah, and, and, and I didn't look to see maybe if they were on YouTube or not because I feel like if you're talking about movies and they do play a lot of clips of the movies yeah. uh, in the podcast, to have that in video form I think would be really handy because you're just, you know, when you're listening to it and it's like an action scene and there may be very little dialogue, it's like, I don't know why they're playing this clip specifically. Right. But so it, it would probably serve them better to have a YouTube channel. Um, but to kind of go back on the, the thing about, you know, a director's perspective and everything. And again, that's I think it's mainly the summary of it was what kind of threw me off um, because I love listening to two people who are ex- or people who are experts in their fields talking about, you know, something I like, a movie I like or what or whatnot and breaking down like their professional perspective on these things. And I felt like you just you, you get I'm really hungry for that stuff and I just get just tiny tidbits tidbits of it here or there so and i think if i just kind of reset my expectations of it it is definitely a much more enjoyable podcast when you know what to expect right right and i think um to the point about the youtube channel i don't think they do have i think they publish it on youtube i I know they do you can listen to it on youtube but it's just the audio i don't think they can realistically publish it with clips from the films well it depends because there is creative commons and uh, or not creative Commons, excuse me but fair use which this is totally within fair use because they're doing analysis of certain scenes yeah that's true it's true i don't know if they're willing to engage in that headache true, though that's true. uh um, but yeah so i think it is available on youtube but just as audio just as a podcast one of the things that they do quite often is they have guests on and most of these are people that they're friends with right Phil- people from the film industry or the voice acting industry or animation or, you know, whatever, just people in Los Angeles that through their various connections they're friends with, they'll bring on people who are particularly obsessed with a specific film that they're reviewing or, uh, you know, part of a fandom of that genre. So when they did like Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, they brought on this one film reviewer and he's, I mean, he's a legit film critic, but he's obsessed with Star Trek. Like that's his thing. (laughs) So they brought him on, you know, and, and he got, he had all the knowledge, right? Because this guy is obsessed with Star Trek. So that was kind of cool. And I think um, they don't do it with every film that they do. And to your point, I know Steve Morris is a fan of Christopher Nolan, um, which makes sense to me, him being a director. One of the things that, you know, where Nolan excels is his direction and, and some of the ways he, you know, he does does the films um, that he, you know, like especially Inception, there's so many technical things happening there that, you know, a director would be kind of geeked out about. So. I'm not surprised by that, but, um, but yeah, I think for me, I think I went into this originally as just, this was going to be two guys. Cause I didn't know who Steve Morris was. I was only aware of John Roca. And so I just thought this was going to be two guys who like movies talking about movies and you know, I'm kind of a new year. So I I'll give any kind of podcast about movies a chance just because I like listening to people talk about movies. So I didn't go in with very many expectations, but I can understand, you know, if you're thinking, Hey, it's going to be, 
a film critic and a director. And so they're going to talk about it in that way. I could see how that might be a little bit disappointing. Yeah. So, I mean, and again, they have good chemistry um, and there's not a ton of banter uh, between the two and they kind of really jump into it, which is something I really appreciate about podcasts uh, where they just kind of jump into the into the meat of the uh, of what, what they're covering. And so they do that, which is something I do appreciate. And I do like listening to them as a whole. I just it, again, it just comes back to looking yeah, my expectations. So, uh, and it's kind of hard for me to try to knock the podcast for that simply just because of the expectations I have for it. But if you are a true movie buff, I definitely think uh, this is a pod, probably one of the better podcasts out there for that. Yeah, and if you start listening to it regularly, there will be some, they do have some occasionally some times where they will disagree. They'll have a different perspective on a, a scene or a film or they'll or, or not a, scene, a film, but a specific scene in a film in the last crusade when they were talking about the scene where he's, you know, where he grabs Elsa by the throat, you know, and says, all I have to do is squeeze. And when he's at the Nazi rally, you know, they they talked about a prior debate they had had from a similar scene in Blade Runner and, you know, how Roca had disliked that scene. But, you know, why would he be okay? Or no, Stephen Morris had disliked that scene. Why would he be okay with this scene? And so they kind of had this big debate about when is it okay to show physical violence against females in a movie? It's okay if it's the character's decision, but if it's a director's decision, you know, so they had kind of this philosophical discussion about that. And they don't do that all the time. But every once in a while, like if one of them feels strongly about a particular choice that the director made, they'll kind of dive into that, especially if they disagree on it, right? And so they'll talk about that a little while. That's quite the dichotomy question there. That uh, it's uh, it's okay to hurt Nazis, but it's not okay to hurt women. But what about right. female Nazis? What about female <laughs> Nazis? <laughs> right. And 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 I thought one of the really interesting points you brought up in that was, you know, well, the character's making this choice for X reason, right? And I have and and both of them pretty much agree that like when you're telling a story, it can include that sort of activity. Like it include a character being abusive to a female character or showing violence to a female character. But if it's being done in a gratuitous way, you kind of can feel that and it feels icky versus if it's being done and there is a good character motivation for it. So they kind of talked about that with different examples and it was just an interesting discussion. So they will occasionally kind of go off into a specific topic based on, you know, a film that they're reviewing. Um, but it is, you know, it's not it's not super common and it's not every episode. So it's really kind of hit and miss depending on the film um, and whatever they feel strongly about. We've discussed this like yeah. 10 times. I like to bring it up because I think it's a fun and discussion. I don't think you've ever understood my point. Yeah, I don't know if I have. Which I don't have any problem with people doing things that are bad yeah. on in a movie. Okay. The, my problem is the what is the viewpoint of the filmmaker that's being expressed? Well, that's what I'm saying here. Is that, and, and how can we, if we deconstruct what's happening, we have a, a, a person who has tried to kill him. Right. Who he's in the midst of Nazis who's holding on to a thing which theoretically is going to help the Nazis conquer the world. Right. You know, I don't have any problem with her, him being physical with her. The, the issue okay. with the, the Blade Runner thing, when you deconstruct that moment, uh, he is a racist towards replicants in mm -hmm. that film. Right. And then he gets physical with this person. So it's a question of like, okay, what is that? You know, in those circumstances, looking at that, that's a little different. Right. He's trying to break her down in Blade Runner to let her be, to make her be honest with him. Right. Is it too far? You can argue that. That's point. And, and one thing I did like about it is actually they, 
they have very few mid-roll ads. I think uh, in... Oh, yeah. I think they just have really one mid-roll ad, and it's and it's usually, like, multiple ads, like, put together, but just in one uh, ad break, as opposed to, like, uh, what was the one we talked about before, Wind Down, which had, like, three or four ad breaks in it in yes. one hour. So, um, and the content of their ads, uh, I had some, quite, you know, it was kind of questionable. It was something that they were paid to do, but, but still, I did appreciate the fact that it just wasn't, it didn't feel bloated down with ads. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's it's been a little while since I've listened to listened to recent episodes from theirs. They they only started having sponsors within the last year. I think it's primarily been one sponsor because they also have a Patreon, which has been their primary monetization source. So for a long time, they had no ads, and then they started um, adding ads with this one sponsor. And I think they usually have an opening ad now and maybe a mid roll and maybe an ending ad, maybe. But um, yeah, that, I think that's. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. You know, I, I, I didn't have a problem with it. I could tell, though, what's interesting is because the mid-roll ads have been inserted after the fact. These, like, the episode, when I went back and re-listened to Last Crusade, I remember listening to that, to that episode, and it was before they had ads. Or if they did, it wasn't, they didn't have mid-roll at the time. So that was newly inserted, which I thought was interesting. And it was obviously a newer ad because it was related to the election. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was something that kind of annoyed me because because uh, they, they did the ad read themselves and mm-hmm. the, the groups that had paid them, which they talked about in, in their uh, ad, are very partisan groups. So I was like, eh, you know, but. Yeah, no, they're both they're both super, they've made it very clear because they also have, I don't li- generally listen to them, but I know that for their Patreon, they had these shorts and they've done a couple of episodes where they just talk about whatever, like not related to film. Like they'll have these little short bonus episodes. They're not the main episodes, but they'll do those. And they're very partisan. They're very, they're very, very liberal people. So, right. I mean, you know, they live in LA. What would you expect? <laughs> they're right. in the industry. Right. Um, so they've used that platform a couple of times to be very kind of overtly political about things, but they generally keep it out of, for the most part, they keep it out of their, you know, discussions about movies, which, yeah. you know, it's yeah. good. I appreciate that. Unless the movie is specifically political, then obviously there's, there's room for that discussion, but right. uh, generally they right. don't, they don't make it a part of their their film review process right and it was kind of interesting too because i mean in, in the videos i listened to they, they pretty much stay on topic uh or excuse me the the, the episodes i listen to they, they stay on topic pretty well uh they don't really stray off topic and it was interesting there was a nice interesting uh, uh, comparison they made about hump for october to top mm-hmm. gun where you know yet in the 80s you had this period where you know patriotism was good and everyone was like rah rah the military was great you know right and it was it was just a different time back then and they were almost kind of lamenting that time where you had these movies where america was the good guy and you know russia was the bad guy or something like that <laughs> you know communists were the bad guy and right. you know they, they were kind of lamenting that but they didn't really get into politics about that they were just kind of saying it was just a lot less complex back then it was a simpler time. Yeah, it really was a simpler time. Um, but uh, but again, they didn't really stray off course. So and like and again, the episodes I listened to, I didn't really see them really kind of digress in any major way. Yeah, and you can tell that Steve Steve in particular really does his homework. He he takes notes on all the scenes so that he can kind of go through them. He does a lot of background research on, you know, with, with what's out there, what's available in terms of giving you some production 
notes at the beginning, diving into the film, um, and then all throughout the films, you know, he'll to some extent talk about the production process or things, you know, from behind the scenes. So I do appreciate the effort they put into that. And he's really good about keeping it on track, especially when they do have guests, because they've had a, a couple of times where they've had guests on and you know, it could have easily gone off the rails and they could have lost focus very easily, but he's pretty good about kind of reining them in and getting back to the topic of the film. So um, he's sort of the the captain steering the ship there and he does a pretty good job of it. Yeah, probably much better than Joe Rogan does at least. <laughs> oh, much better. <laughs> he's also not drunk or stoned when he's doing it, so that helps. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Uh, but one thing I do have to give them a lot of credit for, and when I heard this, I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's, that is really really good i was uh was one of my most important notes in my list was they don't like the star wars sequel movies <laughs> okay yes they have expressed concerns and, and things they didn't like about this the but i will say they have said positive things about force awakens in fact they mentioned it on the uh indiana jones because they were talking about last crusade the fact that and it's not as noticeable with last crusade obviously but that is a sort of soft remake of the first film. There's a ton of similarities. You've got a religious MacGuffin. You actually have multiple religious MacGuffins. There's a lot of parallels, the tank scene versus the truck scene. You know, like you could go through the movie and kind of beat by beat. It's very similar to Raiders of the but Lost Ark. But the MacGuffins Art. make more sense, though. Oh, true, true. And um, But it's not as noticeable because, of course, Last Crusade has the added benefit of having the father-son relationship, which is something that was missing from the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It didn't have that kind of uh, central heart. I mean, there was the whole Marian relationship, but it wasn't you know, anywhere near as, as interesting or as engaging as the story between you know, the father and son. So um, it has a lot more heart to it. But I, they did bring up at that point, they were talking about how Force Awakens gets a lot of grief for that at the time. I think when they did that episode, Force Awakens had just come out um, or had been out like less than a year. And so they mentioned, you know, that that it takes a lot of grief for that. But technically, Last Crusade sort of does the same thing, but nobody really noticed it because of the, you know, the father-son relationship thing. So, but they did well, positively like, speak of Force Awakens. <laughs> right. It seems like most of their ire is in the, uh, at least from what I could tell in the, I believe it was in the Inception episode was Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I recall that they did not like that at all. Um, so, which, you know, that's fine. You know, not everybody has to like, the, I, I don't love the sequels. I just, you know, I have differing opinions than you do. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will come up again at some point. I am sure it will, because you won't ever let it go. <laughs> no. And, and, and I'll just state for the record, my position is that the sequels are at least better than the prequels. And I will leave it there. Um, so speaking of steering the ship, back to the cinephiles. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would say, I would say highly recommend listening to a few more episodes. I do also recommend if the episode topic is a movie you have not seen, don't listen to it because that is not the way to experience a movie for the first time is somebody walking it step through step, step by step through the movie and describing what's happening and providing commentary. So, um... I weirdly, I do know people who will watch movie reviews, like breakdown movie reviews of movies they haven't seen yet that they're planning on seeing. 
No, I, I, I agree that because that, they, they will literally it's not like like, oh, if I listen to it and I just don't listen near the end where the, the big spoiler happens. Right. They may mention that spoiler at the very beginning. Right. So they, they will completely ruin the movie for you. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting, I remember this was a couple of years ago. There was a study uh, done that shown people who had the movie spoiled for them actually ended up enjoying the movie more than people who where it was not spoiled for them. Which really? kind of seems like, yeah, which doesn't seem to make, I mean, it's not like a large majority, but um, what, what it doesn't movie, make sense. What movie were they using specifically? Do you remember? Oh, geez. I, I remember reading this years ago. I mean, it was hmm. probably a good six years ago or something. I saw this article, but it was just one of those things like, what? There's no way. And uh, I, I would have to find it and show it to you one day. That would have to be, it would have to be specific to certain types of movies or something, because there's no way... You can watch something like, say, Usual Suspects, and having that spoiled for you, enjoy that movie more than if you get to experience the twist at the end. I mean, if it's got like a really great and clever twist, you want to experience that like while you're watching the movie. You don't want to know about it going into it. It's like Sixth Sense. You know, all those movies that have a really kind of cool twist at the end. If it's different, if it's like, does the couple get together at the end in a romantic comedy or something, you know, that might... If you're the kind of person who doesn't like stressful movies, you might be like, okay, I know they're going to get together, so I don't have to stress about it. I can just enjoy the ride. Like, I could see that, maybe, but no, no, don't. What? <laughs> That's a terrible What I idea. really want to see the cinephiles do is do some Hallmark movies. Oh, God. They won't, because they only do good movies. <laughs> <laughs> now, you may disagree. Well, Hallmark movies may be good, depending on who you are. <sighs> no, I don't think so. I do I do find it interesting. They So they do... Being the podcast of cinephiles, right? So they're they're fans of cinema. They have done, uh, they'll do series where at a particular month will be focused on a specific director. So they did like a Hitchcock month where they reviewed a bunch of films. They did like one episode that was just about Hitchcock and then they did several episodes on specific Hitchcock films. And then they did something very similar with, I think they did an entire month on uh, Citizen Kane, where it was not just the the review of the movie, but also a lot of talking about the impact of the film and the what went into making it, and you know they they got like four ap- episodes out of it. So it does release weekly, by the way. I didn't mention that in the, in the overview, but um, so that's kind of cool. Is they will they will on really kind of meaty topics or directors, they'll kind of set aside and do a special event sort of series of episodes about that particular director which is which is kind of cool but there's definitely some films that i have only seen because i really wanted to hear their take on it um they have driven me to see a couple of really kind of classic movies that have been on my list for forever but i've never bothered to watch so that's kind of cool there are uh, you know they have a huge library at this point of episodes so even if you haven't seen 50 percent of the films they've done and you probably have because they they do a lot of very famous, very popular, very well-known films. But they they make sure that there's enough in their library that even if you have to skip some episodes, you're still going to have plenty to listen to in their back catalog. Yeah, and, and I think, obviously, I'm only going to really listen to the ones that uh, I've, for, for movies I've seen. Uh, and, it's just, and if they only do good movies, then there might be quite a few of them in there because mm-hmm. you and me both have seen quite a few movies in our days. So I there, I, I definitely will keep listening to them. Um, they, they won't be high on my priority list to listen to, but if I do see something kind of show up in my feed that's uh, like, oh, this is an interesting movie, I you know I want to hear about, it, then I'll I'll listen to it. But uh, it's not something yeah. I want to listen to like on the reg. I think. Yeah, I have several movie 
movie review or movie kind of based podcast that I, I have in my feed, I keep an eye on them. And then if a movie comes up that I really like, or I want to hear them talk about, or I've seen, then I'll listen to it. But yeah, if it's, if it's something I've not seen, I'll just skip through and be like, well, one day when I watch that film, I'll, uh, I'll watch that. But the other thing I should call out too, is that, uh, their engagement with Patreons is pretty great. They, you know, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can suggest films, of course, um, that they review. And they actually engage quite a bit on their like Facebook group um, as well. And one of the things that they do is when they hit every at the beginning of every year, they kind of roll their 10 years back is a rolling 10 years, obviously. So at the beginning of every year, they'll go, okay, well now, so you know, this coming January, they'll be like, um, 2011 is now fair game, so or 2010, whatever. And they'll say, here's the top 10 movies from that year. Which one should we review? You know, and they'll ask people to, to provide input. So they do engage a bit with their, their fans, which is kind of cool. But, uh, but yeah, I think if you're, if you're interested in films, if you're interested in learning a little more about films that you already like, I think it's worth, worth your time. It's not just a review. It is also a breakdown um, where they will discuss things like themes and some of the technical work that goes into it, not exclusively, but there is some of that to to the podcast as well. Yeah, and uh, so I guess uh, as far as rating goes, I mean, I I, I don't hate it, uh, but it's not going to be something I listen to regularly. Uh, but I will keep an eye on it for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely don't hate it. I've been listening to it for a long time. Like I said, I, I will skip episodes if I've not seen the films. Um, but but overall, yeah, it's definitely in my regular rotation, and I keep it in my subscribe list. All right, let's talk about pop culture therapists. Um, this is a podcast that was recommended by someone t- to us to review as potentially one that we might hate. Uh, I think that was the anticipation. So I had not heard of this podcast. Uh, it is hosted by Anna Zapata and Chris- Kristen Dow or Diao. I'm probably butchering that, but uh, it's D-I-O-U. But they are um, both licensed counselors i looked them up and, and they t- i mean they, their podcast is called pop culture therapist but they say that they're licensed counselors <clears throat> and i don't know if that makes a difference in the therapy world so I'm, I'm calling it out the way i've seen it when i did some research so they're licensed counselors i believe out of texas at least one of them's out of texas uh and the conceit for the podcast as far as i can tell is they're they are listening or watching consuming some sort of pop culture media and then talking about it supposedly from the point of view of a therapist um, or a licensed counselor. And at first I thought this sounds like a really neat idea. Like what an interesting way to like say take a movie and then talk about it from a mental health perspective. Like, oh, this character clearly has, you know, issues with whatever. It's not just films though. It's, it's movies. It's just stuff that's happening, I guess, in some cases in the celebrity world. Definitely a lot of television shows stuff that I hadn't seen. So I had to dig a little bit to go in and find some episodes that were related to media that I have consumed. So yeah, so that's sort of the general conceit. I don't know if it's currently active or if they're on a hiatus right now, because it does look like their last episode, their last episodes, I should say, were in early 2020 um, or maybe late 2019. I don't remember, but it's, it's it looks like they're on a bit of a hiatus right now, but I don't know if that's permanent. So I should call that out. Um, so the episodes I specifically listen to, and I don't know about you, I listened to one about the Santa Claus, the movie, the Santa Claus. 
And one about the recent Ted Bundy Netflix film with Zac Efron called Extremely Wicked and Incredibly Vile or whatever. It's got that really long, crazy title, but it's about Ted Bundy. And they also dip in a little bit to the Ted Bundy tapes, which was a documentary that had come out around the same time. So which episodes did you listen to? Um, well, it, like you, I thought the concept around it was actually really interesting. I was like, oh, this should be good. And so I chose uh, two movies that they reviewed, which has a lot of mental illness in it, which is American Beauty and A Star is Born. I was like, oh, this should be plenty of fodder for two therapists. Okay, so we didn't listen to the same episodes. I haven't seen A Star is Born yet, confession. I do want to see it. But I have seen um, American Beauty, and that was on my list. I was actually going to listen to three episodes, but I will be perfectly honest, I barely got through the two. I literally had to turn it off multiple times and just take a few breaths and go... I can do this. I can I can listen to 20 more minutes. And their episodes are not long. They're like, they're all under an hour. I'd say maybe 45 minutes-ish, that range. Like they're not, it goes up and down, but they're not long episodes. They feel like they last three hours, if I'm honest, but they're technically less than an hour. So I'll start off. I mean, obviously, I think I'm, I'm, bearing, I'm not bearing the lead here. I didn't like this at all. I hated it. Um, and honestly, it's the hosts. The, first of all, they don't deliver, in my opinion, on the conceit of the podcast. They spent, they briefly talked about, so the Santa Claus specifically has a broken family scenario, right? So you have Tim Allen's character is the dad. He's divorced from the mom. He's got his son that he's not got a great relationship with, a little boy. And the mom is married to a therapist uh, or psychologist. You know, um, I can't remember the guy who plays him. Judge Reinhold. Yes, Judge Reinhold. Thank you. And so I thought, okay, that seems like there's something there for them to work with. Obviously, it's a kid's movie. It's not going to be a super in-depth movie about mental health, but they barely talked about that at all. They did talk a little bit about broken homes, but most of the time, they, they just their delivery is so awful. They're just giggly. They talk like valley girls. And confession, I realize that I say the word like far too often. I've, I'm aware of this. I hate it. I try not to do it but it happens. But the, I think if you were to count the number of likes and literallys in this episode, it would probably outnumber the times they said, duh. It, it's <laughs> it's unlistenable. The two of them are giggly. They can't complete a sentence. They sound like Valley Girls from the 80s. They don't really bring much to it from a mental health perspective. They don't actually give any kind of concrete opinions. In fact, at one point in one of the episodes, I think it was the Santa Claus one, she said, you know, she's like, people ask if I give advice. She goes, of course I don't give advice. What if I gave bad advice and they went and did it? You know, like that's, you don't give people advice as a therapist. I'm thinking, now I'm not a therapist. I don't know that this is true. Maybe that is true. They don't give advice. Maybe they just ask questions and listen. Maybe that's all they do. But it seems to me if I'm going to a therapist, I am going to be looking for some kind of advice. But, you know, don't want to get sued, so I'm not going to give any advice. They sound like terrible therapists, if I'm honest. The delivery, again, is so grating. And it's so, it's just, it turns into just noise of these two kind of cackling, giggling, valley girl, like sweet valley high. I, I just, I had to stop it several times. I'm like, I don't even know what they're talking about at this point. I can't tell because they can't complete a sentence. And and I'll play some clips of this just to kind of illustrate what I'm talking about, because I know I sound hyperbolic when I'm talking about this, but it is really that bad. So the episode, The Santa Claus, I did make it through it. 
And I will say the second episode I listened to, which was the one about the Ted Bundy film, was a little better until about halfway through when it goes off the rails. But I'll stop and let you, because I could just go on for the next 20 minutes complaining about this. So why don't you <laughs> lend some perspective? Maybe you have a more nuanced take on it. So I, my second note, which is something you've already brought up, was uh, my, my first immediate reaction to the podcast was the sound quality was terrible. Uh, a lot of pops. Uh, the upper end was very uneven. Uh, the, the balancing was just not really that great. And I'm not saying our balancing is like a super magic, you know, great and stuff, but they've been doing this podcast, it looks like, for quite a while. And they have a lot of episodes. And their sound quality just wasn't really that great. Uh, and, and again, this is probably, this is not their day job, apparently. So I guess there's something right off there, but that is a note there. But my second point that I uh, noted down was they make very obvious observations like American Beauty it's like Kevin Spacey within the first five minutes of the movie is like this guy's depressed and I'm like I think everybody knows that <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I think the director was letting us know yeah, that yeah, right off yeah, the bat yeah. and it's just generally there's not a lot of analysis they're just kind of like this kind of on sale Walmart cheap version of like the cinephiles where they just kind of walked through the movie offering very little in- insight based on whatever expertise that they have and I've watched movies that are like again these both these movies Mental illness is a huge part of both these movies. You could say the primary focus of these movies is mental illness. And there was just no fodder for it, uh, for them. They just didn't take any of it. Um, And so it was almost kind of like a suburban young 30s mom's uh, Wednesday night book club meeting where they care more about drinking the wine than they do talking about the book they've been reading. (laughs) So that was kind of the impression I got of them. Uh, it, it, yeah, obviously they, I think they're probably fairly young, uh, just by the way they talk and everything. Um, I hope so. I hope so. Cause if a woman in her forties is talking like that, nobody's going to take her seriously. Right. Right. And, and I will say like this, this format of therapists talking about scenes or talking about movies or TV or whatever, there, there's a lot, there's actually, at least I know from YouTube, there's actually some really good channels like that. There's a guy who's in England, who's a therapist uh and his channel is my little thought tree and he has a whole series on goodwill hunting that is just absolutely fascinating and he goes in just from a professional view especially he breaks down all the scenes between robin williams and the main character uh will from goodwill hunting and he breaks those down from a therapist perspective like how he would handle it as a therapist how robin williams characters handling it as a therapist and it was very, and I, I was like, I had just recently watched that series on YouTube. So I was like, oh, this is therapist talking about this stuff. This is interesting. And it turned out to not be. So I was able to get through both episodes. And, and to be honest, and, and to their credit, at least in the episodes I watched, their banter was fairly minimal, right? And I'm sure like if they have fans, the banter is there maybe they may be appreciated by those people, you know, longtime listeners. But for me, I did feel like the banter was fairly minimal. And when I say banter is like when they talk to each other about things that about their personal life, unrelated things that happen in their lives outside of the podcast. Right. And so there's a there was a lot, at least in those episodes, there wasn't very much. And I have a feeling you probably have a different story for the ones you listen to. Oh, one of the clips I'm going to put in here is is specifically the opposite of that. So 
it's where it went off the rails in the Ted Bundy one. So they start talking about, and I'm thinking, okay, the Santa Claus, I should probably not have picked that as my first episode to listen to. So I had to deal with their nonsense, but there wasn't a whole lot there for them to work with. Let's be honest. It's a very blatantly obvious broken home, et cetera, et cetera, single dad trying to, you know, there's not much there to work with. So to be fair, I was like, well, let me go with, you know, it's an episode about a movie about Ted Bundy. So first they, they had to spend some time gagaing over Zac Efron and talk about High School Musical and whatever. But they, they start talking about it and they actually, they don't lend any insight at all from a therapist perspective or from a mental health perspective. They react to it the way anybody else watching that movie reacts to it. And they spend a whole long time talking about why his wife stayed with him for so long or his girlfriend, I can't remember. I think they were married. And they speculate about that, but not from a mental health perspective, more like from a woman's perspective. Like, like, why would she stay with him? Like, he killed all these women. Oh, my God. You know, it, <laughs> so they spend a lot of time talking about that. And then they get about halfway through the episode, and suddenly they go off on a story about Florida Man. I think the way they got there was because they were talking about how at the end of the, I think it was the Ted Bundy tapes, where they, you know, there was all these people. It might have been in the movie, too. But there's all these people when he was being executed, all these kind of Florida rednecks out there with signs like, woohoo, he's getting murdered. Um, so then they go into this whole Florida man discussion and she's like, oh, I had my own encounter with a Florida man because oh I was God. just there. And, and again, I am not, I'm cutting out 90% of the giggling when I'm making fun of them. It's, it's constant giggling. And apparently she went in the water in Miami and there was a shark and some dude was sort of following it. And then the shark bit him. And, and so there's this long story that is so painfully told with so much giggling and oh my gods and literallys and likes that it's almost unintelligible. Okay, you just went to Florida. I did just go to Florida. I've had an experience with my own Florida man. (laughs) This is the craziest thing that ever happened in my life. So Florida, I thought it got a bad rap and then I experienced something of my own accord, so maybe not. (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, we went to Miami awesome place such a cool city but we were swimming in the ocean and ryan was like i think a shark just went by you and i was like shut up no it didn't and then all of a sudden we see a crowd of people on the shore hundreds of people and they've all, all got their cell phones out and the lifeguard's like <laughs> and like what what are they looking at we thought it was like a celebrity or something like that <laughs> And then we see two sharks swim right in front of us. And it was like me and Ryan and then these two other guys out in the ocean on the other side. (laughs) And we're like, what do we do? We're the one in the water. Are we safe? What do we do? Do we go left? Do we go right? Like, which way do we go? That's where I bailed out of the episodes. It's probably like three quarters of the way through. I couldn't do it. I just, I said, I'm done. I've had enough. (laughs) So... It's really bad. So I think it may very well depend on which episode you're listening to, how much of that kind of banter you're going to get where they go off the rails and talk about something unrelated to the topic, which I'll say, I don't mind. Um, There's plenty of podcasts that I listen to where, especially if you started from the beginning, to your point, and you've sort of built this, not relationship with the podcast host, but you know them enough, you've, you've heard enough episodes of them, that there is some interest to those discussions that kind of go off of the topic at hand. And so it can work in this case. And they clearly are friends. I think they're friends in real life. I think they've been friends for a long time, it sounds like. And they're very similar. So the way they talk doesn't bother, you know, the way each one talks doesn't bother the other one because they both talk like that. So, but to me, it's like listening to Nails on Chalkboard. Oh, I just, I I had to cut it off because I, I, the story went on way too long. 
it, it could have taken two minutes to tell the story. It wasn't that interesting of a story, first of all. I mean, I'm sure for her it was very interesting. You know, there was a shark and there was people on the beach with cameras and then, you know, coming from Florida, shark story that you saw a shark in the water is not that interesting, if I'm honest. So I, I wasn't into it. But um, it had nothing to do with the Ted Bundy movie that they were talking about, <laughs> obviously. So um, she had to reach to make a connection to that. So then they spent another, I felt like 10 minutes, it probably wasn't, making fun of the guy who was swimming after the shark and got bit, you know, and it's just, this is not why I'm listening to this podcast and it's not even a good story and you're terrible at storytelling. So stop it. Yeah. So I have a lot of, I have a lot of anger about this episode, about this podcast, because I had to sit through those two episodes and it hurt. It was physically painful to sit and listen to that. And I stopped multiple times because I couldn't take it. So, <laughs> well, I'll have you know that in the a star born, a star, a star is born episode, they had a guest. Oh, really? Another one who probably who joined the book club late. Uh, her name was Jessica, and she's a uh, she deals with substance abuse. So she was also another therapist who deals with substance, substance abuse. Okay. And A Star is Born, which anybody's seen this, this is not a spoiler, but uh, Bradley Cooper's character struggles with substance abuse, uh, mainly alcoholism. And so they brought her on for her insight, uh, Jessica's insight about this movie. And in the entire episode, she only talked twice <laughs> and it was almost like they it, it actually in the middle of the episode they were like oh we forgot jessica was here let's ask her <laughs> they literally said that and i was oh. just like that's kind of embarrassing you know so because these two girls just don't shut up they talk over each other yes they they don't compl- like i said they don't complete sentences there's not a complete thought half the time that gets out i you know like i said the first half of the ted bunny episode was at least tolerable because while they were not offering any insight, they were at least talking about the movie and they were staying on the topic. And and I should say, because I'm really doing a lot of complaining about this podcast, I should say, I respect anybody in this industry. I am making no aspersions as to whether or not they're good therapists. They may be amazing therapists and they work in, I think one of them at least works in like traumatic um, sex abuse cases. Like they do some really honorable work. I respect the hell of them for that. I just hate their podcast because it's so bad. Well, is it that kind of hate that just feels good to hate? Yes. Yeah, it does. But it's not even that like I'll, I'll put this on if I'm in a bad mood and I just want to hate on something for a little bit because I can't even take it that much. Like I, it would just make me angrier. So I feel like it's a righteous anger because I did have to listen to it for, for almost two hours. I made it, like I said, I didn't quite get to the third, the second episode and I didn't even start the third one, which is American Beauty because I just... I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. So maybe I need to give them more of a chance, but I, I really don't think it's going to be any better. Even if the content is better, and even if they do offer some perspectives that I, I you know, was hoping to get out of this, I can't get past their, their just the way they talk and the way yeah. they interact together. It's it's awful. And I and I think that works to their detriment too, because you know I, I I listened to two podcasts for two movies I've seen before. And what happens is that they get kind of caught up in talking about the scene and stuff. And I think they run out of time. So like American Beauty and both the stars born, they may talk in a lot of detail about the first third of the movie. And then they jump right to the end. And I was like, okay, well, yeah. we just missed large chunks of the movie. <laughs> yeah, they did the same thing on the ones I listened to as well. I think they got kind of distracted about talking about the movie versus I think, and I'm not knocking conversational podcasts because having a structure, there's two different types that, well, there's many different types of podcasts, but you can approach a podcast for a topic as two ways. You can either be very structured about it, have a plan, 
have, you know, like all your notes ahead of time, or you can just kind of have a conversation and the conversation is going to go where it's going to go. And depending on the chemistry of the hosts and the way they deliver it, it can still be very interesting. Right. And so it might be a situation where they do spend way too long talking about one aspect of a film and they don't really go deeper into it, but you know, that's, that's what you signed up for with the podcast. And if you like the hosts and you like their dynamic, it'll work. In this case, I can't stand the way they talk. I don't like them. Like I don't, I just can't, <laughs> there's nothing good I can find there. Even if I didn't like all of that, but they were offering really solid kind of perspectives on the mental health of the characters and, and how it was portrayed. You know, does they did say Zac Efron did a really good performance, which he did, but they didn't talk about the performance of, of you know, the fact that Ted Bundy being a sociopath or whatever he was, I think, I think he had multiple mental health issues. And they, they kind of marveled at the fact that at one point they said, oh, well, you know, he had, um, he said he had a great childhood, you know, but clearly there must've been something there, yeah, but they didn't, they didn't offer much on it. Yeah. They didn't do any additional research. They didn't go any further on it. And if you're going to talk about a movie about Ted Bundy, you need to talk more about Ted Bundy and his mental health issues. If you're coming at this from a therapist perspective versus talking about how hot Zac Efron is and how in the world Ted Bundy's wife stayed with him for 20 minutes, you know, like it just, it was super frustrating because I really wanted something good out of this podcast because I thought the idea was really great. And I'm glad to hear that there is something out there that does this well, the, I'll, and I'll put, post a link to it in the show notes, but the, you said it was called my little thought tree. Yeah. And he's on YouTube. It's not a uh, podcast, but he actually breaks, he, he plays the scenes and we'll pause, talk about it, play the next scene, pause and talk about it. So uh, it, you kind of have to watch it. But Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I will post a link to that because it sounds like it's something interesting. And if somebody was looking for something like that, you're not going to get it from the pop culture therapist, but maybe you can get it from this other YouTube channel. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm guessing that you hate it. Um, actually, you've said that pretty early on. You're, you're, yeah. Your emphasis on hate was something I haven't heard yet. It was like, I hate it. Yes, um, yes. I, 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 the, I know the only other one that we reviewed so far that I really didn't like was Wind Down, but I would take that in a heartbeat over this hot mess. So yeah, I hate this podcast a lot. Yeah, I, I don't hate it to the level you do, but I still hate it. And I mean, we're talking like degrees here. So, um, but yeah, I definitely have no interest in listening to it ever again. Have thoughts you want to share? Send us an email at whyihateyourpodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at whyihateyourpodcast.com. You can also find us at Hate Your Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Our intro, transition, and outro music is by Kevin McLeod and licensed under Creative Commons. Please see the show notes for details.